The perfect combination of versatile athleisure and training apparel has arrived. Thanks to the visionary minds of New Balance, Clutch Athletics, and Rich Paul, the designs reflect the heart of the athlete and the spirit of the community. With rising defensive stars Will Anderson and Chase Young on the roster, Clutch Athletics brings the best innovative gear to all athletes, giving them style and performance on and off the field. Learn more and purchase Clutch Athletics at NewBalance.com. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Hello, happy Monday if you are watching us live to the Pick 6 Podcast. Katie Mox and Will Brinson here, joined by our Pick Show squad, Alex Selznick and Emery Hunt of Sportsline. The last episode, the Super Friends broke down week three of the NFL season. That was Breach, Wilson, and Brinson. Wilson boldly claimed Miami as the best team in the NFL. Uh, I dispute that slightly. Um, and they tried to decide which weekend's upsets were the most consequential. Uh, you can watch that episode on our YouTube channel or the audio version wherever you get your podcasts. While you're there, feel free to hit the subscribe button so that you don't miss another episode. Um, fellas, happy Monday. Wild. I, we're not going to recap everything, but it was a pretty wild weekend in the NFL. It was. Um, although I would say that like, if I were ranking the three weeks so far of this, what a, what a, thermos that is by the way <laughs> i just got it <laughs> you got a bang bang sweatshirt on and a niners football thermos and like and somehow it's not the most intriguing piece of like clothing and i'm wearing like a, i don't even know what the hell i'm wearing um i'm wearing a megacorp you shout out brian Harmon and megacorp uh a polo and i mean emory's got a pick six podcast shirt on and still all of us not the most intriguing clothing because alex is rocking a devil's advocate al pacino <laughs> shirt <laughs> I am indeed. Good call, Princeton. I'm glad you. Uh, it's a great film, you know. Got to, yeah. got to love that one. You know Classic. that you can. You know that you can tell, like, like the, the better an Al Pacino film is, like, like it's there's like a sliding scale, like Al Pacino films, like how much is he, like how big, how much is he screaming, how the animated more, is he, the more how animated and like like screaming is he, because the more animated and screaming is, the better the movie is, like the, of course the famous Brian De La Palma film uh, Scarface. He screams a lot and shoots a lot of guns. And does Maybe. a lot of other things. What's your favorite? What's your favorite? Yeah, other stuff. Yes. But yeah, I mean, yeah, the crux of the movie is drugs. Um, <laughs> what is, uh, what's your favorite Al Pacino movie? Oh. So, so many good ones. Obviously, Scarface, a classic. Devil's Advocate. Scent of a Woman. Can't go wrong there. But I mean, I'm going to probably just go Godfather, right? That's just like yeah. a classic. It's an understated Al Pacino but uh, obviously, you know, such a great career. Such a huge fan of the guy. Yeah, I mean, it's uh, yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm looking up all of his movies right now to see which one I like. I love yes. Heat as well. Heat, Heat is, is fantastic. Um, Any Given Sunday is a pretty good one too. Ooh, he was in Dick Tracy. Yeah, I wouldn't name that one as the. No, uh, I, know. I the just top was surprised yeah. he was in it. I obviously remember Warren Beatty, but I don't remember him being in it. Yeah, I, I'll go Scarface. Yeah, Scarface is a great one. Lots of good ones, Emery. 
Sin of a Woman was good. He was big boy and Dick Tracy. Oh, that's right. Good call. I did like the Dick Tracy. Um, all right, guys. Well, we're obviously going to get into early leans for week four. I don't know how NFL. I got there. Sorry. I mean, no, sorry. Oh, wait. Yes, you need yours. Sorry. Oh, um, I'll go. Uh, I'll probably go Scarface or Heat. Heat Heat's fantastic. Yeah. You get De Niro, Pacino, the scene in the, the diner. Val mm-hmm. Kilmore's in it with that gorgeous hair of his. Oh, Val. Yeah. Tom Sizemore. Yeah. Oh, Tom. Tom Size. Okay. He's still alive, right? Tom Sizemore, did he? No, he passed away. He passed away. R.I.P. R.I.P. All right. On that note, let's uh, move (laughs) on and uh, we'll talk about some early leans for week four, but let's get into um, a little bit of a recap for week three in terms of some um, betting nuggets. Favorites went seven and six against the spread. Home teams, seven and six against the spread. Quite the departure from the first couple of weeks that were all about road teams and specifically road dogs. Uh, Road dogs this week, four and five against the spread, but they're still 17, 11 and one on the year. Unders um, were still a big thing, eight and five. Anything that you take away from this prop stars in terms of the trends for week three? Uh, the Broncos defense is really bad. That yeah. was uh, that was something, right? The Bears defense is really bad. They were really bad coming into the week, but both those defenses were absolutely putrid. Uh, the Minnesota game against the Chargers, both of those teams looked like they were like trying to one-up each other on the best way or the most ridiculous way to possibly lose that football game. Uh, so, yeah, it was a wild week of individual performances. Obviously, the backfield in Miami, we're going to get to that, was just completely dynamic, combining for eight touchdowns 300 rushing yards uh yeah just some incredible football i think um you know we we know we saw the what the over uh was it dogs are now 21 and 21 against a spread or something like that like dead even at 500 i mean i think um what we saw in week three is probably going to be closer to the reality and like uh i know that harry was asking in, in the in the rundown i was like do we think that books bookmakers are catching up or anything like that yeah. i think it's probably more like to me, it's it's more a case of we had like we the first two weeks of the season, one week one, everything goes under. Week two, everything goes over. So NFL teams are catching up. Like I wonder, like, is this the new norm where we start to see offenses come together in week two because week three is sort or week one is sort of like the initial um, you know, the or the final run of of the preseason. And now it's like all of the, you know, I always talk about the priors, right? All the things that we thought we knew about these teams has sort of adjusted to the point where for the most part, we're going to see, like, and I'm not saying like Vegas knows everything about the teams. Cause look, three dogs of seven and a half points or more won outright on, on in week three. Like that's wild. The Cardinals. The first right. I love them. Yeah. Cardinals, um, Colts and the Texans all, all touchdown dogs or more won outright. So like, underdogs are still going to be there. It, it's just like, I think that um, you're sort of seeing the flattening out and, and sort of like the, like they, we always talk about, like if you're if you're going to make money in the NFL, you need to make it in the first couple of weeks of the season when you, when your when your priors and your thoughts about what's going to happen in the season end up being correct and you are ahead of the curve on, on you know before we catch up some of these teams and so now it's like that I think the catch up is sort of happening and we're going to see things even out a little bit. Yeah. Oh, well, real quick, Emery, were you surprised by anything this weekend? I mean, obviously, quite a few blowouts um one of them i think was to be expected with the um with the bears getting blown out by the chiefs but i don't know if any of us thought that the broncos would get blown out that bad were you surprised no yeah that that won't surprise me because of the 
amount of the points that they scored. But yeah, I wasn't su- too particularly surprised by the Colts. Um, yeah, you know, wasn't your your Colts your your Colts. I mean, I know it's not how you plan to get here, Marie, but you, the Colts' call looks like it's like looks looks better. Like they're in the mix. They're first in the division right now, so yep. I, it's still. I'm not going to celebrate too early, um, <laughs> but you know, but that's why you kind of. It, it may sound wild when you say it, but people will soon learn that I know what the f I'm talking about, right? So if I tell you it's Christmas, start wrapping presents. You know what I'm saying? So you also look at the Cardinals game, and and this is. It's fascinating when you watch the Cardinals uh, play because when you factor in, um, you know, the defensive side of the ball, which I was high on, they have some pieces on offense. Mm-hmm. We were unsure about the quarterback position. But Josh Dobbs, we thought, wow, they made a move for him. We thought Colt McCoy was kind of steady the ship, hold it down. Josh Dobbs comes in and plays exceptionally well. Yep. So now, this, to your point, Will, about readjusting your priors, um, Seeing double-digit lines now for the Cardinals may just be a fool's errand because yeah. obviously they're going to play tougher than uh, the the double-digit point spread. So it's it's fascinating to watch those guys play out, and you start to now wonder, well, what happens when they get Kyler Murray back? They may be even better. So it's going to be fascinating to watch the Cardinals. They're going to they're going to play them, right? Yeah, they're going to play them. And if you're if you're Kyler Murray, why wouldn't you want to play? Because the team right. was good, you know. So I feel like the uh, Cardinals was the biggest surprise. And how they really – and you go back and watch the Giants game, you're like, well, damn, they were blowing out the Giants. They fell apart late, and they really took it to the Cowboys from start to finish. Mm-hmm. Um, so Cardinals really surprised me this past weekend. Well, and I think it's a little bit of a – not redemption, but, you know, Gannon, I think nobody in Philly was sad to lose him. Nobody – he wasn't particularly motivating. We saw, right, those motivating speeches he did in training camp, and I was like, that doesn't make me want to do anything. Um, and then look at how well – his team is performing out outperforming what we, I mean, for instance, you and I were like, this is going to be a team that loses the most games in the NFL. And then they beat. Still one could, of the best but I mean, yeah. I mean, yeah, I mean, like, yeah, I mean, like, I don't know. I mean, I, I think that like, I mean, I think you can kind of, I mean, to me, like after three weeks and it look, it's only three weeks, you know, the dolphins were three and zero last year and finished nine and eight. Right. I mean, and they were, and they two ahead. To, I don't know, have you guys seen that stat, a breach point CBS it, put it on Instagram uh, and breach pointed out on the podcast last night, but, Tua Tagovailoa has literally the exact same pass attempts, pass completions, touchdowns, I think yards, and interceptions as he did three weeks in the season last year. Ooh, hmm. so that's a little ominous for Miami. Or something. I don't know, man. It's pretty good. I mean, it's, <laughs> like, it's weird, right? Yeah, that is yeah. weird. Um, all right, let's let's get moving here and let's talk about the week four lines. First up, we're looking at the Lions at the Packers. Uh, right now, Lions lying one and a half, total 45 and a half. Interesting because the look ahead line had the Lions as one and a half point dogs. And then this has flipped the other direction based on, I think, how both of these teams played this weekend. Uh, offensive tackle Mount Nelson and his ankle was ruled out against the Falcons. Offensive tackle Dan Skipper, what a name, hamstring, um, did not return in the game. Emery, any kind of early leans or what's your scouting report for Lions at Packers? You like how both offenses are starting to play. And the, the Packers faced it, faced a tougher defense last weekend uh, in yeah. New Orleans. And the Lions faced a tough defense themselves in Atlanta. And they were able to put up some points. So I feel like the over is in play here. Now that you have a confident Jordan Love and how he was able to bring that team back. Uh, they couldn't get out of their own way at times. I feel like this one could get into shootout territory. So I kind of lean to the over 
more so than the uh, the spread. I like this over too, actually. I lean on this over as well because we know that Jared Goff and the Lions can put up some points um, and the Packers are going to be extra motivated because they got knocked out of the playoffs last year um, by the Lions and the Lions have won three straight games. And I do think that Jordan Love has been moving this offense a lot better um, than at least I thought that he was going to. So I'm, I'll lean with you on this over. Anybody else have any thoughts? Yeah, I, I don't I don't mind the over. I mean, I, the only thing is like a Thursday night, you're going to see the Packers probably try and keep it sort of condensed in how they're going to operate, and the Lions can do the same thing too. I mean, look, the, like, Jared Goff out, outdoors, a little concerning maybe. Um, would prefer to have the Lions at, at, a, at a plus number, I think. Uh, I, I guess I'm not I'm – not, I, don't, I don't know where I stand on this, but I would pr- I'd probably lean towards the Lions right now. I don't think you have to jump on them though because they're uh, – hard to see them getting out to be like a three-point favorite. Um, Green Bay has had these last two weeks where they – you know, they were up big on the Falcons and cough up that lead. Then they're down big to the Saints and then storm back and uh, just the second 17-point uh, comeback entering the fourth quarter in franchise history. Uh, Aaron Rodgers did it in 2014, I believe. So, I mean, I, I think I think you can still have a lot of questions about um, – and no, by the way, on the two, I think no yards, but exact same stats other than that. Um, like, I I don't know. I think, you, I, I think it's a tough one. Thursday night in Lambeau. Not going to be weather's not going to be bad. I don't believe. I, I'm just uh, I'm 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 still a little torn on this one. So I, I don't think I have a huge lean towards anything right here. I've been impressed with rookie tight end Sam Laporta. Yeah. Uh, five receptions in his first three games. That's unusual production for a rookie tight end. They don't typically hit the ground running. Uh, Jameer Gibbs finally got the lion's share, pun intended, of those backfield touches in Detroit. Looked pretty good. Obviously, no Montgomery back there. I think when he comes back, he's going to get a lot of that early down work. But I was encouraged by Gibbs' performance. And then as the Packers' offense is concerned, just so impressed with Jordan Love. He does not look like someone who's played – you know, a handful of games looks very experienced, very comfortable in that offense. And it's operating without their two best skill position players in Aaron Jones and Christian Watson. Romeo Dobbs has been really good. I really think he is a good looking player going to continue to produce at a high level as long as uh, Watson's out of the lineup. So those are some guys I have my lineup and I have my eye on in this matchup. I like it. Uh, dig it as well. All right. Falcons and Jaguars. London game. 9.30 in the morning on Sunday. Emory, you're shaking your head like. I, I hate these early I morning. Do too. Uh, I do too. On all sides. TV, as an analyst, as a player. Like, stop it. That's, that does oh, so wait, much. Wait, 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 what is it? It's, it's on like 9 a.m. Eastern? 9.30 a.m. I love Eastern. it. I, I miss – because when I used to live on the West Coast, we had games at 10 a.m. Getting games started in the beginning I, of the day, yeah. I love it. I will say that it's like there's usually a lot of time that you kill on Sunday mornings. <laughs> to do other you're like You're sitting around and you're like, all right. like you know, I mean, like of course, I love watching Tops with our own Catherine Mox. Um, yeah, that other pregame show on CBS Sports Network. If you're not watching it, what are you even doing? And then checking in on CBS Sports HQ for the finest up-to-date information. Uh, I in no way am sitting around going, God, why won't the football start? So, yeah, I, I like hate it too, but I kind of love it. <laughs> like I'm like, ugh, 9.30 a.m. football. I don't want to deal with that. And then I'm like, uh, this is kind of awesome. Yeah, but, but y'all have never lived on the West Coast, though. We're so used to it. On yeah, the but I, I've, I've done. Up. I've I've watched it over there, and it's like it's over there. Um, yeah. I've watched it like it's it's fantastic. You know, you're like yeah. ah, 
this is sweet. And then like Sunday night football is done at like 10 o'clock. You're like, oh, it's so nice. <laughs> getting get in bed at 11 o'clock. This is fantastic. Yeah. Podcast. I, I thought about moving like out west just for podcast purposes. Oh, um, just for that Sunday night recap show. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Look ahead here was Jags minus three. Open to Jags minus three. Total 43 and a half. Um, I'm going to go ahead and keep riding the, uh, the Falcons here. I think the Falcons are a pretty good look. The, there's no home field advantage here. The Jags technically are the home team. Um, I don't think that like the books screwed up or anything and forgot that this game's in London. Uh, but you can see the juice there. Uh, Falcons plus three minus one fifteen on FanDuel. Um, I also think the under here is a pretty good look as well. 43 and a half. I, I want to say I gave this out before the season on HQ when it was like 45. Um, and it's, it's come down a point and a half since. I just think you're going to see Atlanta slow things down tremendously. Now, one key thing here, Doug Peterson wouldn't confirm it, but reportedly took over play calling at, at halftime against the Texans on Sunday. The Jaguars didn't score a point in the first half with Press Taylor calling the plays. And then if Doug Peterson was calling the plays, they scored 17. Now, they gave up 37, including the, the big man uh, uh, kickoff return. So, like, you know, it is what it is. The Jaguars' defense isn't great, but the Falcons are a very methodical, slow, even if they're efficient offense. Uh, I, I would, I would probably lean uh, a little bit towards the under and the Falcons here catching those points. Uh, Emery, you, uh, any thoughts here? Yeah, it, it, it's tough to watch the Falcons' offensive attack because theoretically, on paper, you see explosiveness and you think, okay, they should be playing this type of game, right? They should spread it out, and that way you open things up for B. John Robinson. Then you open things up for London and Pitts, and it makes sense when you spread the field. But as you notice, when they go max protect, it's tough for them uh, to really – if they go empty or whatever, it's hard for them to protect. So that's why they kind of have to go max protect. And on the other side, you lose Troy Anderson, which is a fantastic defender, athletic defender. So they are a little bit weaker going into this game. But Jacksonville's offense has been inconsistent at best. Um, so we don't know which Jags offense is going to show up. So I kind of like the under as well here, uh, especially we don't know what field we're going to get over there in London because it's usually damp, slippery, is terrible. So that's also a factor as well. I think this screams like run game, one big pass and play enough to get you to win. But I like the under. Is this the week where the the Jags have back-to-back London yes, games? Yes, they get, they get Buffalo next week. Um, and then um, in week five, uh, Cam Robinson's eligible to come back from suspension, but we don't know if he's but we don't but we don't know if he's gonna fly to London to play in the week five game or not. And, yeah, so they get the they get the bills next week um without having to leave, which is pretty pretty handy for the Jaguars. Yeah, really. Alex, any any leans here with the uh the, the early start? Yeah, Calvin Ridley revenge game potentially here, oh, yeah. obviously. Great so call. that's something. Yeah, he could be really motivated. Probably get a nice discount considering had that big week one performance and uh two you know, subpar performances the previous two weeks. That could be something to look at for sure. Uh, this Jags defense, as you guys are all aware, was pretty highly rated coming into the matchup against the Texans. Turns out they're a paper tiger. Uh, so, yeah, I think this defense paper definitely got exposed. Uh, yeah, excuse me, Jaguars defense. Uh, yeah, I think this is a potential spot for Bichon to get a lot more rushing volume. Uh, did not look good. This Falcons team did not look good playing from behind. I don't think uh, – I think they'll be heavily emphasizing the run in this game they got away from it pretty much in the second quarter uh yesterday so that's a couple spots that i like 
Yeah, the Jags looked awful this last weekend. Poor uh, Pete Prisco was really getting it from all angles uh, on on Twitter yesterday. Pete, Pete but, also said, Pete, Pete also said that the the Dolphins, even with a healthy Tua, were the fifth or sixth best team in the AFC. So that's going, going poorly <laughs> right. for him. But, but I will say in our notes here, I see that there's no home field. I, the Jags are the most popular team in London. Yeah. So if there, if there is. A home. I mean, I've watched documentaries on this. The people in London absolutely love Jacksonville. Well, that's because they're over there all the time. It's like, you know, if you yeah, there's if, a, maybe a if you window. only if you only got access to strawberry ice cream, you'd be like, I love strawberry ice cream. Or I'd hate you know, strawberry like, ice cream. Oh, okay, well, that, I bet. If you, okay, if you only got access to chocolate ice cream, if you say I love, like, if you just if you everyone likes ice cream, okay, so you can't be like, I love all ice cream. Okay. No, but I like strawberry, but I'm saying if it's the only thing, you might actually get sick of it, and then you might want something else. But that's well, well, how do you think they feel about the Jaguars? Oh. <laughs> uh, no, I mean, I, I, but I do think with in this particular case, the Falcons are not going to show up with like some like massive fan. You know, if this were like no. the Patriots or Packers or something like that. Um, uh, also, uh, uh, Harry notes in the chat, I believe that this is the, is this the ESPN's doing the Toy Story, the Pixar, like you like your kids can watch it. On, really? Like they're doing a, they're broadcasting it. On simultaneously with Toy Story, isn't that right? Oh, so it'll be like the Nickelodeon, but Toy Story. Yeah. Oh, that's you know, fun. Oh, I'm tuning into that. Yeah, so you can watch it, um, ESPN Plus or Disney Plus, with a one-hour cut-down version the next day on the Disney Channel and Disney XD. An actual game between the Atlanta Falcons and Jacksonville Jaguars, animated each play live in the Toy Story universe. Oh, I love this. As a Disney adult, I love this and we'll be tuning in for that. Um, all right. We don't need to talk about the Disney adult thing because I think you guys already know that anyways. Um, all right. Moving on. That's not why we don't need to talk about it. But yeah, moving on. Uh. <laughs> I'll be tuning into the Toy Story feed. I'll tell you that much. All right. Dolphins at Bills. Interesting because the Dolphins just put up 70, yet the Bills are favored minus two and a half. This total is high, 53 and a half. Look ahead had the Bills minus three and a half. So this has changed just one whole point um, based on this, obviously, you know, I don't know. I don't, I don't know why the dolphins aren't favored here. I truly don't. Um, Buffalo is still a really good football team. I would actually take the bills now minus two and a half. I think it gets to three. Uh, you know, Miami's coming off. Uh, look, they're coming off a great game. They absolutely like, I mean, beat the brakes off the, I mean, okay, look, you can make the case. I think you can make the case that, I don't know. Okay, yeah. You, no, you, I mean, look, like, seventy to nothing is a beatdown. Nobody's disputing that. Like the, the last time they scored seventy points was like before the Super Bowl was invented. <laughs> Thirty-seven to three ain't not a beatdown. And Washington might be Washington's maybe a better team than Denver. I mean, I'm just saying the the Bills. The Bills. I, I think. I think the Bills people are a good are, team. I love the Bills. I still don't think they should be favored in this matchup. I will lean my. It's in Buffalo. I'll take. Yeah, I'll take the Bills. I'll I'll do taking, oh, I'm taking the Dolphins. Um, yep. Let's just count the fast guys for the Bills on defense and, and and find me five that can keep up with five on the Dolphins side. I think they're going to make this track meet. And remember, this Dolphins team not only beat them last year in Miami, and then we saw Bills fans and Bills players complain about the heat, like whatever. Then they go up to Buffalo on that Thursday night, I believe it was, or Monday night, and it was cold, but we saw Miami still have some success. But that was after Tua had the, the concussion issues, and we know his play suffered then. Then we saw him in the playoffs, and they were able to get after Josh Allen, keep him contained in the pocket, try to force him to play a one-dimensional game. So the the Dolphins' defense, I think, matches up well with Buffalo. But I just don't think the Bills' defense 
despite being solid, can match up with Miami. I'm like, Katie, I don't understand why uh, the Dolphins are underdogs here. And um, I, this, to me, this is a gimme. I would stay away from the total because it's a conference, it's a division game. We could see this one get close. Um, very familiar with each other's offensive attack. So I would just attack the straight up Dolphins here and take them on the money line wise plus money. Mm. Bills never get enough credit as far as I'm concerned. They're continually every year slept on. Uh, I'm with Brinson here. I like the Bills in this spot. But, yeah, as far as props are concerned, high, high total here. Going to be very explosive game. A ton of yards in this matchup. Uh, I think uh, Miami's been vulnerable to downfield passing. So that's something I think Gabriel Davis, who's been uh, the downfield threat, for Buffalo's offense. I like him to get loose for a couple big plays as long as reception prop looks like something I'll be taking a pretty close look at. Uh, I've also been really impressed with the Bills running back, James Cook, uh, very versatile, three-down skill set, looked great back-to-back weeks, uh, both on the ground and through the air, 100-plus yards. So, yeah, I think James Cook could be an X factor in this game, certainly in line for a lot of play. That Miami backfield, so explosive. So fast will be really interesting to see how coming off this historic performance, uh, sort of where their props end up. But yeah, this game should be a ton of fun, a real shootout. Yeah, I mean, I think if you it looks like it's going to get to Bills minus three, um, maybe we see it's not going to get to three and a half. I can can almost guarantee you that. Like, nobody, if if it gets to three and a half, there'll be a a tremendous amount of buyback on on the Dolphins at, at three and a half. The total, if you really like the over, you should bet it now. I don't know how, I don't like. You know, we said I said this about the Chargers and, and Vikings game. It's, I, I don't think it'll tick up that much. The weather's gonna be fine in Buffalo, especially like seventy six and sunny. Um, you see it at fifty four at other places. We saw forty points scored in the first matchup between these two teams last year in Miami, and then sixty two scored uh, in Buffalo later in the season. And I believe that was um, in the first matchup. Two had not gotten hurt because the Dolphins came back. The Dolphins were. Yeah, the Dolphins were losing the Bills, I think, and they came back. But anyway, the point being is, like, I like Buffalo here. I'll probably wait to bet it. Um, I, actually, I would take the two and a half now because I, I would rather get the two and a half than the three. Uh, but you can always bet the money line as well. Uh, anyway, we got to take a break. When we come back, Pittsburgh Steelers got right on Sunday night against the Raiders. Can they keep it rolling against the Texans? We'll tell you next it's the UEFA Champions League on Paramount Plus. Europe's top club soccer tournament. Champions versus champions. The best teams facing off in the knockout rounds. Magnificent! And it all takes place. While you're filling out financial reports at work. In the middle of your day, in the middle of your week. So use that second screen. Call in sick. Do whatever you gotta do to tune in Tuesdays and Wednesdays. Nobody watches the UEFA Champions League like us. Stream every match live exclusively on Paramount Plus. Uh, all right, Steelers, big win last night. Kenny Pickett, um, maybe we're starting to trust him a little bit. He was shaky for the first uh, couple weeks there, and that offense is starting to click a little bit uh, versus the Raiders. So they are three-point favorites over the Texans. This total is 41. Look ahead, had Steelers minus four and a half. Um, it opened at minus three and a half. So it's kind of been up and down, a little bit of a roller coaster there. Um, Emery, I want to go to you first um, because the Texans played really good uh, yesterday. And the Steelers, I mean, they played good, but I don't know how impressed um, I am with with them because I feel like the uh, the Raiders just kind of self-imploded. It's like, what was Josh McDaniels doing? I can't even get into that. But what, what is your take on this game? Yeah, no, you're absolutely right because I feel like in this game, the Texans have the better quarterback. 
uh, more confident quarterback. Well, and Jimmy's got a concussion, so he may not be playing this weekend. Wait, wait, what? Oh, right. Sorry. Thinking about the Raiders. Oh, yeah. Oops. Yep. Keep going. So, you know, when you factor in how we watched Kenny Pickett play, and again, it's the same thing I talk about with Brock Purdy. I love how much you hate Kenny Pickett. I hate Kenny. That's oh, yeah. the day's media. Everybody think if yeah. you're critical, you hate, right? But it's really just being honest. And, you know, like with the dropped interceptions, like Marcus Peters usually catches that, right? And he usually brings that back to the house. But Kenny Pickett's arm is going to be a liability. The arm strength here is the biggest question. And you have now a Texans defense that's really getting after the quarterback. I think they play inspired ball. And Stroud has shown a lot of the mental makeup that we saw from him against Georgia. Like, he's a fearless guy. So he's going to step up in the pocket. He's going to try to do what he can, keep his eyes downfield, make plays. We see Tank Dell and those guys having big plays Mm. in the passing game. And we know – I know, you know, our colleague Brian McFadden doesn't want to hear this. BMAC may want to close his ears, but they're going to target Patrick Peterson. You mm. know, this is that's it's our colleague too. He might not want to hear it, right? <laughs> so it's, it's no, that's the that's where they have an advantage with the speed and youth is basically why they're targeting Patrick Peterson, not because they don't think he still can play, but it's just hey man, fresh young legs against Patrick P. They're going to try to take advantage of that matchup there, but on the other side, they're going to get after Kenny Pickett and play the run on the way to the quarterback, try to force him to beat them throwing the football, I don't think it could happen. I like the Texans plus the points here. I just feel like Kenny Pickett, when you rank him in a division, he would be fourth. Watching him play this year is almost like when a big play happens, he's like, thanks. Thank God this play happened, right? I'm glad I hit that deep ball. It doesn't look confident. And so when you're facing someone that has that dog in him like Stroud does, it can get ugly like bowling shoes out there, but I do like the Texas. <laughs> <right there. laughs> I like that actually. Ugly. That's, a, that's a nice dad. The, the 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 picket stuff too is like with Matt Canada. You you heard it. I mean, Chris Collinsworth on that final play to like get the first down where uh, they the the Raiders blitz from the slot on the on the left side, and there's just nothing you can do. Like it's a quick out. Can you pick? There's like anybody anybody on this podcast could make that throw. It's just like as long as you know if you see that guy blitz, you dump it off, and 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 um, Collinsworth's like. Now I know that you know I know Matt Canada catches a lot of heat, but he's like that was a smart. But it's like it's like okay, if you have to like if you have to include that caveat with every single like good thing that the Steelers do on offense, then that's a problem. And and I was just sort of thinking as we were sitting here, I was like, why did I? I was like, I got off the Texans and they were zero two against the spread in the first two weeks of the season, and then they just went outright against the Jaguars yesterday. I kind of like I didn't really love CJ Stroud. Like that was kind of my big hang up is like they were gonna end up playing it, but CJ Stroud's been really good the first three weeks of the season. And so I, I don't know why I adjusted my I think I'm like kind of like like on the fly readjusting my priorities. I mean, like like I, I need to get back on my Texans bandwagon. Maybe, yeah. you know, maybe I mean D'Amico Ryan's figuring it out. You know, it took two weeks against um, you know, uh, like against the Colts team that was prepped for him and had Anthony Richardson playing well. And then of course you had um you know, you had the, the Ravens in week one and then they, they take care of business because the Jaguars, like, I think the Texans, the Texans look like the, I would, I think the Texans are in there with the Cardinals in terms of the frisky. They're going to be kind of frisky and, and kind of a pain throughout the season. Like they're not going to be a pushover. Right, Alex? I was really impressed with the Texans. I've been really impressed with C.J. Stroud. He's looked better and better every week. The knock on him coming into the week was that all his production was just mopped up in garbage time, but obviously wasn't the case in week three. Really uh, impressive from the first quarter on. Rookie 
Tank Dell, super fast, 5'8", 165 pounds. Uh, yeah, they have a very good duo there alongside of Nico Collins. So I think this Texas team is certainly headed in the right direction with this very good young core. As far as the Steelers are concerned, I couldn't agree more with Emery's take on Kenny Pickett. His delivery is so painfully slow and telegraphed. Uh, it's amazing to me that he's a starter in the NFL. Marcus Peters should have 100% had a pick six. I think the score, I think the Raiders win that game uh, if he was able to cash in on that play. And when is Jalen Warren going to take over as a starting running back in Pittsburgh? Najee Harris looks like Trent Richardson at this point. He's completely cooked, no burst. Meanwhile, Jalen Warren's very explosive, three down skill set, catches passes out of the backfield. Reminds me a lot of Deuce Staley, actually. But uh, yeah, I just think he's a much better running back at this point. He gives the Steelers a better chance to win. Uh, it was, I think it was actually 50-50 as far as the snap allocation was concerned last night, but I definitely think he deserves more touches in that offense, and he's probably their best offensive player, certainly in the backfield. All right, moving along to the Rams at the Colts. Um, I believe, I thought that the I think that this line, let me double check. I thought that for some reason, I thought the Colts had been favored. I swear to God, I saw the Colts favored by one earlier today. Am I nuts? Did I not see that? Maybe. Oh, yeah, no. um, over on, uh, and I know I know we're looking at FanDuel, and I'm not trying to. Whatever, shop around. The Rams, the Colts are minus one on DraftKings. Mm. I mean, I, I realize that, like, you know, the team's got to win. You know, you, you're more than likely got to win by one. So, like, you know, at least one. I mean, there can be a tie, of course, and you can end up, you know, you, you, you win by one if you're in. Point being, it's like if you're betting the Rams on, on FanDuel here, uh, take that money line, minus 108, versus the even money, minus one and a half. That's actually a terrible, like, that, that's not the correct number. Like, you shouldn't be laying even money, one and a half, and then only pay eight cents right. to, get, to get the it, eight. Yeah. You're, you're getting a point and a half for eight cents. Like that's really good value, you know. Like, like that, that's that's incongruous. And you and, look, and I'm not I'm not ripping Fanduel at all. It's just like you just see this sometimes um, out there. Like the Rams are plus one at DraftKings and minus one of five on the money line. You know, like like so. There's something's not adding up here. Like these these numbers are not equating to each other. So that's why it's more of a you should shop around point. And again, like. Um, this is one where we are looking ahead of, to a degree because the Rams are playing on Monday night against the Bengals. And when we are recording this show at 2.30 in the afternoon on Monday, we don't know if Joe Burrow is playing. And so we don't know what the Rams are going to do, who the Rams are going to be playing against, and how that outcome of that game will affect what the, the market thinks of the Rams. Now, I'm high on the Rams, so, and I don't think Joe Burrow is going to play. And I realize that saying that at 2.30 in the afternoon when I'm, I could look stupid because there are two Monday night football games, I look stupid in five hours. But yeah. you know what? I've looked stupid faster than that a lot in my <laughs> life. So I'm not particularly worried about it. Um, I think if the Rams take care of business against the Bengals, which I, I believe they will, Burrow or no Burrow, that this line is going to get up to like closer to Rams like minus three. And I know the Colts are a really good team, but I think Aaron Donald has a monster night on Monday night football. Really? I think Matthew Stafford plays really well. And I think that you see this kind of tick up a little bit. Um, it's indoors, which is good for the Rams. Um, the Colts, the Colts have have played well, but I, I just think that the Rams will. I would bet the Rams now on that money line minus one hundred eight at Indianapolis. And this is not any slight on your Colts, Emory. I just think you're you're gonna. See, it's gonna be a little bit more expensive if the Rams win on Monday Night Football. 
first take the Colts on the money line here, and I'm going to tell you why. But I, I'm going to touch okay. on what the Smitty said. A uh, quick story about what he said in the chat. He said, I look like Brian Westbrook. <laughs> so here's a funny story. I went down, you know, I, I do scouting and whatnot. I was scouting Villanova, and I think they were playing Lehigh. So I get down Villanova to, has a football team? Oh, they, they have a fantastic <laughs> football team. Um, they, I'm down there scouting players because they had a couple that Tano Passanio was playing. Uh, he was a DN. And so I'm in a press box before the game, and this older guy probably was at Villanova when they opened up the doors, right? He he's talking to me. He's like, man, it's, it's good, you know, it's good you here. I'm thinking, like, yeah, I've come to Villanova a couple times. I love coming back, you know, great press box food. Um, they serve you food twice at Villanova. It's mm. easy to get out of in and out of Villanova. You know, the parking deck is right behind the stadium. Probably not a ton of people at the football game. Right. So it, it was packed. <laughs> Villanova was good. They were top they, at the time. They were top five. Okay. Yes, but now they're top twenty-five still. Um, but he's talking to me. I'm thinking like, you know, it's pretty cool. Like, you know, maybe he remember last time I was here. And I, and it it started to click. I was like, wait a minute. I'm starting to piece together what he's saying. Like, it's good to see you back on campus. Glad you're back here. It's always good to get you. I'm like, he think I'm Brian Westbrook. <laughs> I, I, didn't have heart, I didn't have a heart to tell him. I was like, I just let the man rock, man. Like, oh, yeah, I appreciate it. I was just like, and he probably realized that I wasn't him later on. And he kind of felt some kind of ways. He just kind of like, kind of. Was he, him. was this gentleman? Um, he was Lou Holtz's age. Put it that way. He was around Lou Holtz's Was age. he Lou Holtz's uh, persuasion as well? Yeah, he was. He was an old. Oh, so that's unfortunate. Like, that's not, he's like, why is he not? I'm recognizing who he is. I'm like, because I'm not who you think I am. I mean, uh, I, you're not, it's not like, it's it not like. Same I'm, size, you know. Yeah. It, it Running backs. Right. It, 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 and at the time, I'm still heavily lifting. So it was like, okay, I kind of see what, what he thought. But it's funny that he thought I was him and realized I wasn't. It was like, damn, I, you know, I got to go sit over that now. So yeah, <laughs> you didn't correct him. He's like, this man, let me talk to him. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, what the hell are you talking about? Well, but, but I, I was going to say for the Colts, it was um, here's why I was high on the Colts coming into the season, because they're zigging when everyone is zagging. There is run game and defense. Their defense, if you notice, in the first three games, excellent. Like, they really shut down the Jags. Everybody, oh, the Jags scored 30 points. That last touchdown, whatever. They had the Jags offense sputtering. And if, you know, Richardson doesn't throw that pick or, and this is what worries me in this game, if, you know, I know you have a lot of these smooth brain scholars, it's like, oh, go for it on fourth down every time. Well, you see what that looks like with the Chargers and with the Colts. How many points he left out there on the field trying to go for it on fourth down against Baltimore, against Jacksonville? If they just kick field goals and punts, they beat Jacksonville. They're sitting 3-0. and So that still worries me a little bit about this game. He may try to outsmart himself against Sean McVay. But their defensive line crowds the line of scrimmage. They get pressure. They collapse the pocket. They make it tough for you to complete and we complete passes. And we know Stafford is not the athletic guy that he was maybe in his, in his earlier 20s. So he's going to have an issue. And if Richardson is back, that zone read with Zach Moss now is going to be even more deadly than it was with uh with Minshew who tried to give the game away multiple times yesterday. Um so this is a tough game for the Rams and it's a tough game for Shane Steichen to really coach a clean football game and not overthink things and take the points because they do add up. But I do like the Colts here because of their defense and the getting Richardson back. Because here's what I think. I think Richardson could have played against Baltimore, but the Colts probably thought they were going to lose against Baltimore. It's like, yeah, let's like Minshew get out there. Ravens going to blitz some sacks. Well, I think he just he didn't clear concussion protocol, right? That's yeah. what they're saying. 
You know, so Come I on. think I think they was like, we're not gonna put him at risk of getting sacked against a, a very aggressive Ravens defense. We let Minshew do that. And so mm-hmm. they lucked up and got a win. Mm-hmm. And I think Richardson will clear protocol, probably it'll be announced yeah. quickly. And then he'll be out here against the Rams at home, indoors, on turf. It's a, it should be a fun game, but I do like the Colts to win. Okay. You got any thoughts, props? I've uh, just been very impressed by Zach Moss. I don't think it's a coincidence that the Colts have uh, looked good as soon as he was inserted into the starting lineup in week two. He's basically handled every single touch in the Colts' backfield. He's even shown some receiving chops, not something I was aware uh, of a three-down skill set there with him. he's hasn't really come off the field for the Colts. He's been absolutely excellent. Uh, the Rams' run defense has been vulnerable as well, so I think this is a matchup uh, that benefits the Colts. They can run the ball a lot against the Rams, so love Zach Moss, love what he's bringing. It'll be interesting to see with Jonathan Taylor back uh, if Moss is going to continue to have a big part, be a big part of the offense because I think he's certainly earning playing time. I agree with both of what you guys said. Well, one, I like the Rams here because the Rams are winning tonight and this line is definitely going to move because I, with you, Brinson, don't think that Joe Burrow is playing tonight. Plus, I think that the Rams are better than the Bengals right now, at least from what we've seen from the first couple weeks. Um, But to your point about the um, run defense props, if Anthony Richardson is playing, I'm taking him for an anytime touchdown because that is cash two weeks in a row and then not this week. So um, cash every week he's played. Yeah, cash every week that he's played. He just finds a way to get uh, into the end zone. All right, the Vikings um, figured out a way to outcharger the Chargers, which was uh, a Ryan Wilson tagline that somebody else tweeted out, and he thought that they stole his thing, so I wanted to give him credit for that. Um, at Panthers, Vikings minus 3.5, total 44.5. Um, opened at 3, look ahead was 2.5. Man, what is it's just so interesting <laughs> to me. It's so interesting to me with the Vikings because on this show and every show, right? They had all of the luck in the world last year. They won all those games by one score. And now they are 0 and 3 this year, and they have lost those three games by single scores. 0 and 4, um, 0 and 4 in the calendar year 2023, too, because they lost that oh, playoff game by a, yeah, a single score, too. By a single score. So it's just it's just math, I guess, you know, and it really regressed. It is, it is, it is just math. It's regression. Oh, yeah. And that's exactly what's um, happened to them. But what's so interesting, too, is that the Vikings, I mean, what, Kirk Cousins threw for under 300 yards. Uh, Justin Jefferson had, what, 147 or something crazy uh, receiving yards yesterday. And they still find ways to lose. It's really just. They they got the ball. They had drive, four drives on Sunday against the Chargers. Finish inside the six-yard, the Chargers' six-yard line. And they came away with 10 points in those four drives. That is so hard to do. Like you're inside the six. That's where the final play of that drive occurs. And you get 10 points. That is hard to do. All right. Well, and then the Panthers, I mean, Brinson, I know you, you liked Andy Dalton. You were excited about him. Yeah. 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 I mean, I thought, I mean, Andy Dalton played well, kept it close. Adam Thielen revenge game uh, here. Adam Thielen's like, look, he ain't, I I know, I know uh, Alex is crushing for being dust. Um, but he's the best thing they've got <laughs> and he's catching, he's catching like, he's going to have like seven, he's going to have like 18 catches for 84 yards in this game and like two touchdowns against the Vikings in his revenge game. I mean, he's, he's not going to get downfield, but he can get open underneath and he is at the, you know, at the very least, like a serviceable option for someone like Dalton or Bryce Young, if he's able to play, I think. 
I don't know what the Panthers will do here in terms of the quarterback. Um, if Bryce Young can go, I think they'll want him to go. I also think that they feel like Andy Dalton probably gives him a better chance to win this week and that they wouldn't mind holding out Bryce Young until he's completely healthy to avoid, one, getting re-injured, and two, um, trying to get a win because they're 0-3. Frank Reich had a very like, oh, God, is Jeff Saturday coming for my job look on the sidelines at the end of uh, <laughs> yesterday's game? Can and so, imagine? like, I think we could see Andy Dalton here. I kind of think you grab the three and a half of the Panthers and Andy Dalton. I mean, win win a game by more than three points. Win a game, Vikings. One win a game by more than three three points. Uh, it is. It's it's uh, the game is at Carolina, right? Yeah, at Panthers. Panthers are catching three and a half at home. I mean, defense is decent enough. The Vikings love to screw stuff up. I'm going to ride the Panthers one more time here, much to my chagrin, if I'm getting three and a half as a home dog. I'm not touching this game with a 10-foot pole. Probably not. Probably a good idea. Yeah. Here's a great... We we, we probably taken a different approach if homeboy for the Vikings catch that pick uh, in that crucial moment. That would have been a crucial time interception for, you know, West Coast Cousins, but... You know, we see we see now that you, anything involving the Vikings or Chargers, even from a point total standpoint, because you don't the Chargers on paper defense should be a top eight defense. Should yeah, should, right. And the Vikings should average thirty points a game, considering they have a guy that puts up a lot of iceberg lettuce type numbers, right? So I would stay away from this game. Just watch for the narratives. I like just watch this one and enjoy it. You know, just stay away from it. What about you, props? Three consecutive games with at least seven receptions and 149 yards for Justin Jefferson. That is historic, just unbelievable production. Uh, somehow it feels they like he's win. still – Yeah, they can't win. It's just unbelievable how good Justin Jefferson's been. This offense is so dynamic and explosive. It's a shame it's not resulting in any wins. Been very impressed with Jordan Addison as well. Uh, the Vikings even finally ran the ball effectively for the first time this season – didn't result in a win here. Uh, this Panthers team just not inspiring very much confidence, though. I do think uh, Minnesota gets their first win in Carolina in this game, whether it's Andy Dalton, whether it's Bryce Young, just not enough pieces in my opinion. But that then again, this Vikings team figures out a way to lose every single game. So, All right, let's uh, take a break. When we come back, Baker, Baker, touchdown maker. Hmm. Into New Orleans after he plays on uh, after he plays on Monday night. How will that how that Monday night game affect it? What is the deal with Derek Carr? We'll tell you coming up next. So the Buccaneers and Saints playing. Welcome back to the Pick Six Podcast, of course. Buccaneers at Saints. Saints minus two and a half. Uh, the look ahead was Saints minus three and a half. This this line actually opened at three. It's down to minus two and a half, minus one fifteen. The problem is Derek Carr week to week. This is this is an impossible. We'll be quick here because this is impossible to handicap. Derek Carr is week to week. In fact, um, if if you have something you want to say about this, great. Otherwise, I'm just going to point out the fact, like the two impossibilities of handicapping this game, and we can uh, and then Katie can move on to our next one. Um, Buccaneers at Saints. Derek Carr's week to week with an AC sprain. Uh, Dennis Allen confirmed it. We have no idea if he's going to play. No idea if James Winston's going to play. And the Buccaneers play Monday night against the Eagles at home. Um, if they win, that line will move. I would I would guess, but I don't think it'll move that much because we don't know who the quarterback is for New Orleans. It is impossible to have any real lean early on in this game. Not for me. I'll tell you straight. <laughs> <up>. <laughs> all right, all right. If, oh, if, if Jameis plays, if <laughs> Jameis plays, take the Saints to win this ball game. If Carr plays. 
Now he's coming up. He's already has arguably the worst pocket presence in the league outside of <laughs> Gardner Minshew. Like they don't feel pressure. Uh, just they just are complete. You see where he wears those? Um, he did you see that thing? Oh, where, to cancel out the noise cancellation. Yeah. Right? So like, um, what other Saints player? He's like, whoa, dude. He's like, yeah, you wear that. It's like, how do you hear anything on the field? Like, it, it, no wonder it, your pocket presence sucks. It, you can't thank, hear someone right? coming. And now he's coming up, coming in banged up shoulder. Take the bucks if he's out there, and if he's not, then take the Saints because we know Winston is fearless. And here's a, this is to all the Saints fans that was texting me yesterday. Oh man, what we're we gonna do now? Like we, you know, Carr had the offense rolling. Like bro, he scored ten points on offense. Shahid had a punt return. Yeah. Chill out. The offense yeah. has been sputtering. <laughs> offense has been terrible. Chill out. Derek 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 Carr wearing those things is like is like somebody wearing like noise canceling Beats by Dre while driving down the highway. They're like, I don't have to hear anybody honking at me. It's like, well, that's great. Right. You can't, you can't, yeah, you don't hear you like you're just weaving over. Yeah, yeah, so, exactly. And they do get Elma Kamara back. So that's gonna help out the yeah, running game. Yep. And and if Winston plays, take the Saints because they'll get after Baker Mayfield. And with Winston, we know the deep ball is gonna be back in play. That has been not as consistent with Carr. But if Carr is out there coming off an injury where he's going to be a little bit skittish, um, he's already, you know, we talked about the pocket presence, the, the Bucks are winning this one. So this is tough. But this one, you probably want to wait until you find out who is starting for the Saints and play it that way. Yeah, what about you, Props? Any any props that you're looking at? No, just, uh, yeah, this is a wait-and-see <laughs> game for me. All right, so let's move on to uh, another one that will, maybe this line will fluctuate depending on um, tonight's game because one of the Monday night games is the Bucks and the Eagles. Um, so then next week we've got Commanders at Eagle, right? Am I am I losing yep. my mind today? I feel like Mondays Commanders are very hard Eagle. for me. Yeah. Um, all right, Commanders at Eagles. Eagles laying seven, total 44 and a half. Um, I don't know that the Eagles deserve a whole touchdown here. Mm. I just haven't been overly impressed uh, with their offense um, or really their pass defense. And, uh, you know, Sam Howell's had some moments. I might I might take the points here with the commanders. I'm going to go ahead on the later points with the Eagles because I like their D-line versus this this offensive line that we just saw. Washington's offensive line is real bad. Right, and so that's the matchup here. And hopefully – I granted, we all have these one games where – Everything just goes haywire. So I don't expect Howell to throw four intercepts again, um, but I do expect him to take a lot of sacks. Uh, there's a lot of hero ball in his, you know, he wants to show he's tough and physical, but that's going to end up in a lot of sacks uh, trying to evade that that Eagles rush. So I think Eagles will get multiple swings at bat. This game could even, you know, easily be 24-7 and you cash it under and also cover the spread. So I, I like the Eagles here. Uh, does it, do you think it matters at all, Alex? Uh, if like what happens on Monday night, like if the Bucks, because I, mean, I think a lot of people are on the Bucks on Monday night against the the Eagles. If the Bucks somehow pull off that win, do you think you can find a six and a half here, or is this sit at seven? If, if the Eagles, I, if the Eagles stomp the Bucks, it'll get up to like seven and a half or eight, probably. No, I would agree. Yeah, I think even if the Bucks end up winning, uh, I still I still think we'll catch this at seven points. Uh, just I think this Eagles team is such a bad matchup, as Emery mentioned. Washington's offensive line gave up nine sacks. Hal was pressured on 60% of his dropbacks yesterday. That is just unbelievable statistic, obviously. Uh, so, yeah, I think this Eagles front is as good as any front in the NFL. They're going to absolutely get after him. I like the Eagles a lot, taking the points here as well. I think they'll have their way with this commander's offense. 
All right, All right I'm Bron- a lone soldier. Yeah, enjoy, enjoy that. Um, yeah. <laughs> Out Bronco, here on the limb myself. <laughs> <laughs> you and Sam Howell. Broncos, speaking of islands, Broncos minus three and a half at the Bears. I think the Broncos just gave up 70 points, and they're a three and a half point road favorite. I mean, what does that say about the Chicago Bears and their hope for anything at all? Like, if you're a Bears fan, I mean, the there's no team. I don't remember a worse week in a long time for a football team than what the Bears had. Their DC quits. There's all kinds of um, rumors. Uh, yeah, like there's all kinds of stuff going on about why he left and crazy internet rumors. There are. So hundred thousand dollars worth of equipment is stolen. They, they, you know, Justin Fields throws for ninety nine yards in front of Taylor Swift. Uh, they get the brakes beat off them by the by the Chiefs. I mean, Justin Fields calls out the coaches before the game. Just a total disaster. Uh, but I, I don't know, man, how you can back Sean Pay. Maybe there's a bounce back spot. I mean, the Bears are so bad on defense. Maybe there's a bounce back spot for Russ and and the uh, you know prop. You you mentioned that you. Felt like Russ was playing a little bit better. Um, certainly, he wasn't, wasn't very good yesterday. But is, is this maybe a bounce back spot? I, I take that back, Prince. <laughs> as far as <laughs> Russ is concerned, I said the same thing. I said <laughs> no, I know, I know. I, I did think he was starting to play better. At least as far as like uh, the the design plays were concerned, in the four, first quarter in those previous two games. But yeah, yesterday did not look good. Marvin Mims continues to show out, but he's played twenty four percent of the snaps in back to back weeks. Sean Payton was asked. After that big week two performance, said he didn't, he wasn't going to guarantee that Mims played more, and Mims played the same exact amount of snaps in week three. So he stuck true to his word. Uh, so that needs to change. The Broncos need to figure out that he's their most explosive wide receiver. Uh, but yeah, these defenses just combined to give up over a thousand yards and a hundred points yesterday uh i have very little confidence in chicago's offense particularly that passing offense uh just wasn't able to generate anything uh while the game was even remotely competitive have a little more confidence in denver just based on what i've seen so yeah i think uh marvin mims is interesting but yeah just not playing enough to really feel comfortable there's not just a consistent target floor there as far as he can as far as he's concerned but yeah i think the broncos offense should have their way but then again, these defenses are both so bad, hard for me to really have a lot of confidence either way. I, I like the Broncos here. Russ has been playing well the whole season. He's played he played well yesterday. Unfortunately, their defense just isn't where it needs to be. Vance Joseph may be the first dude in history to get fired twice in the same city. Like <laughs> fired as the head coach at the Broncos. Now he's back as DC and he might lose his job as a DC with the Broncos. If they just had any semblance of defense, they probably kept that one close. And in this ball game, I know everyone's talking about you know Caleb Williams for the Bears and quarterback, you know, whatever. It to me, it sounds like it should be Marvin Harrison Jr. and Jared Verse because they can't get to the quarterback and need someone outside of DJ Moore. It seems like they need more weapons as opposed to a new quarterback with the same set of issues that they already have. So I think the Bears could easily stay with Justin Fields and get better around him, but the Broncos in this spot just is easy money. Yeah, if they're going to get right against anybody, um, it's there's definitely the, if, if there's if there's a team that after you get blown out and somebody drops seventy on you that you want to see in the following week, it's definitely the Bears. And yeah, I think the Russell Wilson. I, I'm so irritated about last week. And I had Russell Wilson over one and a half passing touchdowns. He gets That's one, and then he gets two more, and then both of them are called back, and then he never gets another one. Uh, so I'm still salty about that. All right, moving on. Ravens at Browns. Browns favored minus two and a half. Uh, 
huge game for the Browns, 27 to three against the Titans this weekend. Uh, Deshaun Watson had quite the bounce back game um, from that primetime loss, total 41 and a half. Emery, what do you think of this one? Should chime in and get with the refs thing too, because the refs again in Browns games have been a bit sketchy at best. Mm. Um, they had a touchdown that they didn't call yesterday. Um, a couple of face masks they didn't call against the Steelers. You know, so we got to be ca- careful with this, the way they okay. call these Browns uh, football games. This one I will com- stay completely away from because the mm-hmm. Browns defense is excellent. Um, the Sean Watson, that passing game, can have some success against that Ravens secondary. The Ravens still have the best player overall in Lamar Jackson, but their their backfield, I would, if I'm a fantasy guy, I would go and stash Keaton Mitchell right now because that when he gets back healthy, whenever that is, it could be this week, it could be next week, that, that's going to be the guy in their backfield because he is explosive. And so Ravens still have some issues with the dropsies. I would stay away from this. This would be a very good football game from an X's and O's point of view. But betting, stay completely away. Um, <clears throat> let's, uh, let's skip Bengals-Titans. Uh, Titans minus one and a half. If you don't think Joe Burrow is going to play – in that game, I mean, good luck knowing that. Uh, you know, you can't know until after Monday Night Football. Um, I mean, I guess I would lean towards the Titans. Look ahead with Bengals minus one and a half. Titans don't look that great. I'm great at, at playing football. So uh, that that one's certainly a questionable game to look at. Um, Patriots-Cowboys. Pats at the Cowboys. Cowboys minus seven. Total 42 and a half. That feels like too much for me. I, I would probably lean towards the Patriots there. Um, but, you know, it's, it's, it, it, Emory, any thoughts on that one? Yeah, I'm, I don't trust the Patriots offense. Like, they had the benefit of playing Zach Wilson-led offense. So, there was no real threat, and I was all in on the Jets somehow finding a way to get a win. But their offense still isn't explosive enough. The Cardinals offense is more explosive than the Patriots offense. You know, so I, I like the, the Cowboys here to cover. It was six and a half earlier in the day, but now it's seven. Either one, I think you should be fine. Yeah. All right, moving on. Cardinals at 49ers. Niners. Laying fourteen at home, I, I don't, I don't. Oh, like the, the Katie, the Katie Mox game. You, you've been back in the cards, but yeah, do you, but do you, do you fade your boys here? Uh, I'm laying off. Well, one, I think the 49ers should, of course, clear this. But you know, the Cardinals are my fun little frisky team here, and they did come off beaten. I, how are the Cardinals just kind of getting lucky, or are they really this good? And I think if they show up against the 49ers and can keep this close and or win, which I don't think will happen, I can't even believe it came out of my mouth. Then all of a sudden, we got to have conversations that the Cardinals are maybe for real. Um, but the 49ers should win this game. I'm going to lay off of the 14. But I'm interested, Props, what you think of James Conner and, and, and can he run all over the 49ers defense like he did the Dallas Cowboys? Uh, I don't. I've been very impressed with James Conner, very impressed with Josh Dobbs, uh, very impressed with the Cardinals, Marquise Brown as well. I think they're playing way above expectations personally. Uh, I think they're going to come back to earth in this matchup. I know the D has been very feisty, but yeah, I just think this Cardinals team, it's like almost a mini miracle that they're one and two. Obviously, they were in all three games, could have won each game. But yeah, I just think eventually uh, the talent is going to catch up. They're playing super hard. 
But, uh, yeah, I think this is a big mismatch against your 49ers, Katie. I think if the 49ers are up for this game and treating it like they're going to treat, you know, uh, any opponent, it's it's going to be a route potentially. I just think this Cardinals team is kind of peaked, in my opinion, over the first three weeks. I don't think they're going to continue being this good as the season progresses. I think they ultimately get exposed starting this week. Yeah, I wonder for- if the 49ers are going to treat this like the Oregon Ducks treated Colorado coming in. Like, uh, you had your fun. Now we're going to pound you. Let me well, jump I mean, I, I think oh, – sorry, go ahead, Emery. If they just catch the picks that uh, Brock Purdy throws them, they should be fine. But I think they covered it. has got the best luck when it comes to those. I don't, I don't yeah, know. It's, if, if whatever he's he's living right. So, you know, I would say take the Cardinals in the points. And, and I think a lot of people just have to go and look at this Cardinals defense pound for pound and what they possess from a personnel standpoint, they've been solid versus the run. They are getting after the quarterback. Those things you can't luck yourself into. You can't just turn on your run defense to say, hey, we're going to stop the run today. No, that's an attitude. So the attitude is where it needs to be on defense. Offensively, what could give the 49ers issues with the, is something that they probably hadn't faced so far this season the athletic mobile quarterback and RPO that, stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So that right there has that in and of itself calms the ability to get, just get up field. Now you got to play a little bit more passive and hesitant. So by, by schematic and personnel, this game would be a lot closer. So I'm going to take the Cardinals and the points. Three, right, no we got the spread, the cards. We got, uh, we got three games left. We're running out of time. So let's uh, we'll open it up. We got Raiders at chargers, chargers minus four and a half total. 49 and a half. Goodness gracious, that's a big total. Mike Williams, done for the season, uh, according to reports, will be confirmed later this afternoon with a torn ACL. That sucks. He's been playing great, great football. Wow, this line is up to Chargers minus six. Um, as a result, not of the Mike Williams thing, but presumably uh, because of um, how the Ra- – oh, 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 Jimmy G is in concussion protocol. That's what it is. So that's sort of a hedge by the books, and you see the total down a full point and a half because of Jimmy G as well. Aiden O'Connell, a little spicy in the preseason. Chiefs minus nine and a half at the Jets, total 43 in the Seahawks at the Giants. Uh, Giants minus one and a half. Giants minus one and a half. Hmm. Total 46 and a half. Any of, those th- any of those three games peak anyone's interest? I'll take the points with the Seahawks. I'll lay the nine and a half with the Chiefs and also yeah. take the under. I think, I think that under is a great look. Like, I, I think one thing that's kind of interesting about that, too, is they harken back to when the 49ers play those back-to-back games in MetLife Stadium or go look at Aaron Rodgers this year. That turf has been a real problem for people getting hurt. That stadium specifically, that turf. Uh, by the way, will Taylor Swift be there on Sunday Night Football? I hope so. I've started I mean, a new name for them. I'm calling them Tacey. Tasty, I like it. I like it. That is, that um, is you heard it here first. That's the, their celebrity nickname. Tasty. I would, I would, I just think to, to Emery's point about the under, this is Sunday night football. You are probably you're gonna try and run against the Jets, be conservative, get your points, let Zach Wilson make his mistakes. Your defense has been very, very stingy. 21 points is gonna win this game for the Chiefs. And you really Patrick Mahomes hurt his ankle. You don't want him to to suffer any setbacks there. So I think that under is probably a pretty good look. Um, and if Andy Reid gets a lead, bet the live under because Andy Reid will pound the crap out of the football, particularly in the second half. Uh, anything on uh, – let's see, Raiders Chargers, we can't really do anything about it until, Jimmy, until we know about Jimmy G. So Seahawks and Giants, you say you're taking the points of the Seahawks, Katie? 
Ah, uh, yeah. Well, one, the Giants' offense has not shown anything. Now, the defense was great. Obviously, they just blitzed the hell out of Brock Purdy. I think a 98 or 96 or something crazy percent of his um, dropbacks. So maybe that's what they're thinking is going to happen here, that Geno's not going to be as successful. But I've been really impressed uh, with the Seahawks this year. So I, I'm, I'm taking that point. Uh, the Giants have not shown me that they're worthy of being a favorite. I like the over here, too, in that game. I like the yeah. Seahawks, but I also like the over. Seahawks' defense tends to still be a little bit lax in, in uh, coverage. They've been, All like, right. bottom five, like, the last. They've been, like, bottom ten defense the last, like, ten years. Or five years, I guess. All right. All right. Well, on that note, guys, uh, make sure you join us all week for more NFL coverage. Tomorrow, Brinson, Breach, and Wilson are joined by Pete Prisco to dissect his weekly power rankings on CBSSports.com. This week in particular should be spicy after the Jags uh, really just laid an egg. One last reminder to show us some love with a like or comment. Hit the subscribe button on our YouTube page for everyone listening to the audio version only. Make sure you follow, download, leave a five-star review, and tell your friends to listen and watch the pod, uh, Brinson and crew will see you tomorrow.